0: Welcome to another episode of Storyteller Studio, where we're gathering our lives through genuine conversations and gladly sharing them with folks around the world. As radio announcers, Liz and Tim believe there's something very special about being behind a microphone and letting their hair down. Sometimes people just need a reason to enjoy each other, either again or for the very first time. And we found plenty of others who feel the same. From artists, sports figures, and manufacturers, to filmmakers, authors, and media types, we all may know bits and pieces about a person, but there's always something more. So while we grab our headphones and turn up the mics, it's your chance to eavesdrop on yet another episode of Storytellers Studio.
1: Thank you very much for the announcement there, Tony Clyburn, and welcome back to Storyteller Studio. We are back in Rockford, Illinois, at our Storyteller Studio at Edgebrook, and today, as I was driving in, it was minus eight, and the wind chill was minus
2: 32. Did you experience the same thing, Willie? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I have this saying, when the weather gets like this, we're too crazy to leave the Midwest. Yes. So, but... Uh, yeah. I love winter, don't get me wrong. I love winter for the simple fact that most people who get or an explosion or get burned, they burn their pores closed oh. so they can't sweat. Oh, so and you've got a I, whole different yeah, perspective. Yeah. So I I can sweat a lot.
3: Oh my and
1: god. And
2: then the winter time is my favorite time of the year. So.
1: Wow. My yeah. guest today, I have known since 1970 in 5th grade <laughs> at Lincoln Park Elementary School and his name is Willie Parham. And if there's anybody in Rockford or at Auburn High School, and you say Willie Parham, they will absolutely know who he is. <laughs> and we have
2: been friends and known each other for a very, very long, very time. long time. Families are friends. Yes, uh, yes. Just at your uh, your mom's um, uh, birthday party this past uh, yeah, so, yeah,
1: the big nine zero. Big nine zero. Yeah, we actually had ninety people at the ninetieth birthday party. Right. It was such a hodgepodge of people. Right. Because, you know, when you're around that long, you know a good mm-hmm. variety of people.
2: Almost definitely.
1: You know, she was involved in the school and involved mm-hmm. in PTO and all that stuff. And, you know, yeah. it just it, it just sort of happens that way.
2: I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they go, um, do you have a cough drop? And instantly, your mother came to mind because— uh, uh, she was a hall monitor, I, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, she was lunch uh, lady. Yeah, yeah, lunch, and she, yeah. she always had Hall's cough drops in her pouch. <laughs> so for about, uh, I don't know how many years, I always get a Hall's cough drop
1: no <laughs> every <way>. day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, and, uh, and here's a speed joke that I heard mm-hmm. on John Williams' show on WGN, that when I hear these jokes, I just wait for the time to tell it. So mm-hmm. here is the joke that you teed me up for. <laughs> The inventor of throat lozenges died, and to no surprise, there was no coffin.
0: <laughs> I know, they're, uh, yeah. they're well, so dumb, but they're yeah, funny. <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, hey, that's what makes the world go around. It is. If it everybody's is. the same, it would be a very, a very boring place.
1: Yes. I'll tell you, since we were in fifth grade together, which incidentally, that was a tough 5th grade. It really was. We went through 3 teachers in 1 year. Mm-hmm. And they just couldn't stand the class. And right. granted, we had a class that oh, yeah. I could barely stand. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of names that come mm. to mind. It's like they were just mean-ass kids. right Ironically, the the classroom was right next to the office. Mm. So you would figure nice accessibility. Ability, yeah, yeah. you know, the paddles not, with the not, holes
2: in them and <laughs> uh, I, I'll give you a story about that. Uh, you probably—I you, know you remember. Her, her name was uh, Miss Johnson.
1: Oh sure, oh yeah.
2: And, 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 I think she married the uh, a teacher from. Uh,
1: yeah, it was it was Doug Johnson. J- yeah. and Veronica Johnson. Johnson. Yeah.
2: Well, anyway, I, I had a crush on her, right? <clears throat> Who didn't? So, um, <laughs> go to Lincoln Park Boys Club. They had a you know woodworking shop there. And I made her this beautiful paddle.
0: Mm.
2: Had uh, varnish on it, the holes, the whole nine yards. Even mm. looked like there were um, lightning bolts coming up out of the wood, you know. Oh, man. So I gave it to her as a as a gift. And um, I was the first person who she used it on.
0: Oh no! So after
2: that, my crush uh, oh, no. kind of diminished a little bit, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm I, I saying to myself, uh, yeah, wise-ass, huh? Yeah. You're, you're the first one who gets it with the yeah. with the paddle. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. what the, but that makes a fantastic story
1: when you yeah. think about it. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for that jackass Willie yeah, giving her yeah. a paddle, paddle. We, yeah, we would all get B. Yeah, a, but no, no doubt. No, he gets the first one. There was somebody, I don't know if it was uh, Paul Saltzgiver or somebody like that, you know, from our class, Just- that had a, uh, a, a photograph of a paddle that you're talking about mm. with all the holes and everything mm. else. And for those of you that don't know, we got swatted oh, when we goodness. were in elementary school and middle school. I never got it in high school, but in the, in the lower classes I did. And there was a vice principal. He was left-handed. He was six, four. It was Dale somebody. Mm. I, it was at Wilson. I can't mm. remember his name, but anyway, I got it a couple of times mm. from him. So if you're not familiar, everybody, yeah. Why we're talking about holes, it's because this paddle, which is probably 18 inches long and maybe 4 inches wide and maybe a half inch thick, when it goes through the air, it goes a lot faster meeting your high den uh, yeah. oh, when yeah. you've got holes in it. and they So they constructed <laughs> these things accordingly. Yes. And, yeah, we were the recipients a couple yeah,
2: of Yeah, I, I mean, kids nowadays, they... They wouldn't the last uh, in our days because there was a price to pay if you did something, yes. and you know it was going to be a paddling or whatever. Yeah, and I, he started out as a substitute teacher. His name was uh, Mick Powell.
3: Mick Powell. I, yeah. I,
2: I don't know if some of you guys might remember him, but he was uh he started out as an English teacher, and um, so his first day in class. He comes in, and he introduces himself, and, and he says, as uh, long as you call me Mr. Pyle, there won't be a problem. And so me, like the wise ass I was in high school, <laughs> I raised my hand, and I and he says, yes, sir. I said, my name is Willie Parham, and as long as you call me Willie Parham, there won't be a problem. <laughs> so he had this yardstick, and he came by, and he broke it over my chest. What? I lunged at him, and I stopped in midair. And I said, if I touch this guy, I'm a dead man. Oh, yeah. And I'm a dead man anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eight eight ways to Tuesday. Yeah. So
2: he says, uh, well, Mr. Parham, why don't you go to the office and tell the principal what happened? And I'm going, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Because the principal uh, went to church with my dad, Mr. Anderson. Uh Uh-oh. And I'm walking to the office, and I finally get there. And he Are you walking slowly? I'm very slow. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, well, just I just had a talk with a substitute teacher, and he told me what happened. And he says, um, do you want me to call your dad? And I said, no, he has nothing to do with this. Let's leave him out of it. Uh-huh. And whatever you know, you decide is fair, I'll take it. Yeah. So he says, um, I'm gonna give you eight SWATs. Eight. Eight. Holy crap. I and, never got uh, more than two. Oh God. Oh. He said, okay, it's over with. So I go to my next class. It was an English English class. I think her name was Mission Gracia. Oh, sure, I at remember the time. her. Yeah. And I got another story to tell you about her. Yeah. But um I go to her class and I'm standing up in the back of the room. And she says, Willie, <laughs> you have to sit down in your seat, please. <laughs> I said, I believe if you call Mr. Anderson, the principal, he'll tell you it's all right if I stand up for your class. I, I mean, it was... Oh, my God. It was... You yeah. know, I I wasn't a really bad student. I was just a class clown. Well, you yeah. Know, you know.
1: And, it's and you know, getting back to that uh, that substitute teacher, it's not like you said, well, if you call me Mr. Parham. Yeah. It's not like you said that. Yeah. No, you were just being a smart ass. Uh,
2: and, you know, it, it, it it, another story about missing Gracia. Well, after I graduated and everything, and uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember the the Cork. It was a nightclub at the Clock Tower. Yes. Clock Tower Inn. Yeah. Very well. So me, uh, me, and a friend of mine, we we wrote a commercial for the Cork. You did. And and A, we, a,
1: a radio commercial.
2: Uh, it was a radio commercial. Yeah. And uh huh. we, we won. Good friend of mine is Jeff Sheridan.
1: You mean the bar had a contest of some sort? Yes. Oh yes. my. Right, okay. Right. All right
2: the grand prize was a cruise
1: what yes fred snow did a contest that gave away a cruise A cruise oh i have a whole new respect for fred now
2: and um we go to chicago and um uh, waiting for a hospitality room in united airlines and, and i hear this voice i know that voice <laughs> and um he says what are you talking about willie i said give me a couple of minutes she she kept on talking and I go. Oh, it was a woman. It was a woman okay. and I go. I turn around. I said, Miss Gracia. She oh. said, Wooly Parham. Oh. And we <laughs> we ended oh. up on the same cruise.
1: <laughs> oh, years later. Years
2: later. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. yeah we ended up on the same cruise. So. Wow. Yeah. There
1: there were so many really influential teachers and I oh, yeah. and I say yeah. that. I don't know whether they were a good teacher or mm-hmm. not. Right. I have no idea mm-hmm. whether they were doing the curriculum the way they were. Supposed right. to, I have no idea. Yeah. But they were influential. They either kept you on the track mm-hmm. or they put you back on, on, on the, the track. track. Yeah, one yeah. way or the other. I remember people like Mr. Winter Mr. Mm-hmm. Fisher, mm-hmm. and Mr. Um, Fisher and Miss Normington. Right. And I mean, on and on, Mr. Bailey Murray oh, and yes. all those yeah. people. Right. And, and And either... They said, here, Tim, you know, this yeah. is what you don't do, or this right. is what you do do, or you look at them, and you go,
2: I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> right. At, at Auburn High School, we, we had a home ec class. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, God, I can't think of her name right now, but it's... No, I can picture her face, it, though. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. But anyway, in that classroom, it was myself, Jeff Anderson... David Carroll, oh my. guy named James Houston, and Bubble Moore. Well, of course, nothing got done. Of course. We, we would all. Nothing gets done today <laughs> yeah, with you, yeah. Jeff, and David. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're all, all the time, we're in the back room, you know, playing the dozen and signifying on each other. And, uh, <laughs> and, and um, the teacher goes, You guys are failing. I told you not to talk or whatever, and you know. And so, to get your uh, points back, you would have to come up and sit in the front of the class, answer most of the questions, oh. and she will give you points back.
1: Oh, so she formed a M- panel. Miss
2: Hines, Miss Hines yeah. was the name. Yeah, Miss Hines, and uh, <laughs> so we would get our points back. Three or four days later, we're back doing the same thing. Of so, course. I mean, you know, but. Uh, it's back in negative numbers. Ne- negative numbers, but. Uh,
1: wow. And could you imagine those, what did you say, five or six people? Well, yeah. Including Jeff Anderson and, and Dave Carroll. That, yeah. Can you imagine you guys being on a panel now for any topic? any topic
2: yeah i think next time we get together we ought to just do that in the bar it would be straight chaos yeah
1: <laughs> pretty much and then somebody
2: would say is it okay if we drink well yeah yeah, yeah it is it's yeah.
1: okay if you drink now yeah oh yeah. god but, that was hilarious
2: like you say you know they had influence on you you know mm-hmm. yeah. especially well it's torn down now especially when i went to william dennis yeah most of the teachers lived in the same neighborhood that we did yeah of course you know? he did yeah. so um you know, I I, I never forget uh, Miss Harris. I don't know what we're doing, but it was like nine o'clock, okay. and she's sitting on her front porch. And do your mother know you're out at this time? I'm, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I said we don't need we don't need a police in this neighborhood. No, we, yeah, no. You know, I but, thought your boundary <laughs> stopped at the schoolyard. Yeah, yard. I'm telling you, you know, but. Uh,
1: you know, it, it gets back to that whole take a village thing. Oh, uh,
2: yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, it, it, it,
1: that was true. And, and if anybody in the neighborhood, doesn't matter whether it's a right. teacher or a young person or an old lady or what, they see something a little hinky, yeah. they're going to throw up a flag. And,
2: and if you do something, I I don't know what it was, but uh, everybody in the neighborhood knew it. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> you know how many
1: times I was reminded of that at my mom's 90th birthday party? Because, you know, you got people from the old neighborhood. Correct. You got people from the new neighborhood. Correct. You got people that are in both neighborhoods. They've mm. just stayed there like my mom. Mm. And Bonnie Jensen. You remember Bonnie, oh, yeah, right? right oh, right, So Bonnie mm-hmm. will come up to me at any given time, and she'll say, well, yeah, but what you just did now is nothing compared to what you did when you were 10. <laughs> yeah. Over and over oh, and yeah, over yeah. again. Right. Now, granted, her patience for all of us boys right. in the neighborhood mm-hmm. doing what we did. Right. Oh, I would have <laughs> hung us up eas- <laughs> easily with some bailing twine. Oh,
2: oh wow. But
1: yeah. she had boys of her own, and she mm-hmm. said, you know, you got to let them be boys. Yeah. One time, her husband, Paul, Paul mm-hmm. now you would figure... Paul would be the safe zone of, okay, the boys are with Paul. Mm. Everything should be fine. So he bought this cart Mm. that you put behind a horse. Mm. And you put one horse there, and you have maybe two people in the cart. Right. So he bought this thing for like 50 bucks. Mm. You know, somebody was Mm. probably about ready to throw it away. Mm. Paul's going to get this thing and pump up the tires and make it all nice. (laughs) Okay, fine. They had some Appaloosa horses Mm. that we always uh, rode. Mm. He goes to the store. And of course, it was Farm and Fleet. There were no other box oh, yeah. stores. You know, that's where you got oh, yeah. your stuff. Yeah, that,
2: fact, that was a big box store back in our that's, day. That's it, yeah.
1: yeah. And back then, the absolute new product was super glue. Mm. Oh my God, this stuff is magic. Right. So he got this sort of leatherette type stuff, and he was going to put a canopy on this <laughs> deal. So, of course, he gets all the kids in the neighborhood together. And he goes, all right, when I drape this over there and I, and I uh, cut this thing off and I, and I put this super glue right here, I want you to know, hold it together until I tell you not to. And then he would go down the bar and put the dots of glue and we would mm-hmm. hold it together. You know, we didn't know anything <laughs> right. about super glue. And our fingers were glued <laughs> together. We were stuck to the cart, you know. And, of course, right. it was just the biggest dumbass move. And yeah. God bless us for not having a picture on that. Right, right but one of my hands were free but there was enough glue on there that when i sort of itched my nose wow it stuck that to the inside of my nose to the inside <laughs> So the hair yeah, and all, right. oh go, my yeah. God. Well, yeah. do you think over 60 years, do you think I've lived that down? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's like putting your tongue on an York ice ball, Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. But yeah. thank God they've got those stories to right. tell. You I, know. I
2: always say if um, they had cell phones with cameras, when I was growing up as a kid, <laughs> oh, God, I'd, I'd probably be a billionaire five times over because... <laughs> You know, uh, some things you just can't make up in life, you know, Mm-mm. and, uh, you know, you <laughs> you tell people that they, they look at you crazy. You sure that happened? Yeah. I said, very sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you called last night to verify that we were still on for this morning, mm-hmm. my wife saw that your name was popping up on my cell phone. Right. You know, before mm-hmm. I could answer it. And she goes, oh, it's Willie calling. He's probably calling to cancel because, my God, the storm that we've had come through yeah. and then the cold weather on top of it, that's her assumption. Right. Well, she went to Guilford. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I said, no, no. He, I'll guarantee you he
2: is not canceling.
1: He's from the west side. <laughs> oh, yeah, he I is verifying just, the time. Yeah. And, of course,
2: you know, hey, we are still on? Oh, I, <laughs> I used to work outside in this type of weather, you know, and – uh. We were doing a job for this farmer, and we were uh, scrapping out his comb binders and stuff. Okay. We had this barrel, put a bunch of wood in it. We are going to light it, just, you know, keep warming up when you, sure. you know. yeah, take your breaks. Yeah, and um, we had a thing of gasoline, and we poured it in there, and, you know, drop a match, you think it would, it was so cold, but gasoline, it wouldn't ignite. Oh. I mean, I must have put about a gallon of gas inside this 55-gallon drum oh. through a match, and I'm going like. What is wrong? Yeah, I mean, this. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I can tell you a little bit about explosions. Tell, you know, yeah. trust me on that. Well, do you, but, want,
1: do you want to feed into that? Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you want to talk about that?
2: Oh, that's no problem.
1: Uh, that's G- Willie and I graduated from Auburn High School in 1978, and I'm going to give you this as a timeline. It was, what, 1987? Every 87 Mm -hmm. that I got a call from your sister Elaine. Mm -hmm. She basically said Willie has been in a horrible accident Mm -hmm. and he's at St. Anthony Medical Center. That's all she basically told me. And you take it from there.
2: Well, I I put it like this. (laughs) I I kid around a lot, but uh, I said uh, Jack Daniels saved my life. And people go, like, Oh. Okay, so uh, let's hear the story behind this. Yeah. Well, I was contracted by um, Myers Material out of uh, Algonquin, Illinois, to uh, take their uh, storage tanks off their site.
1: And you guys were in metal scrapping. Uh, you, scrap metal you, business, You and yeah. your dad. Big, 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 big stuff. Yes. Yeah, not small stuff. No,
2: no, this was a 30,000-gallon tanker. These are things that you would you never really see, you know. That night, this was a Sunday night. This happened on a, mor- uh, on a Monday. I had the worst hangover. Oh, no. I'm going like... And I didn't even want to go to work that day, but had a timeline to get these tankers out. and So I go there, and the guy that was with me says, uh, do you want to put up the scaffolds? And I said, "Nah." I said, I don't feel like getting up on scaffolds today. I'm going to do it from the end. Well, usually I'm on a scaffold, and I dissect these tankers like a piece of pie cut them in four quarters on this day this monday morning you know i don't want to be here so i started cutting from the side and as soon as my cutting torch hit it all hell broke loose the end cap of the tank ripped itself off i mean it went 200 oh. yards oh. and all you could see what was ever in front of that Cap of the tanker, it w- it took it out, and it would have took me out if I was on the scaffold.
1: And this cap is maybe what three inches oh, in diameter. Oh
2: no no no! The the it was the tire size of the of the tanker, oh. so it was, oh. it was like about thirty feet oh, in man. diameter. Yeah. So
1: it took out cars and cars, fences, fences everything. everything. Oh,
2: machinery and everything that was in its path. Oh, and I know this was dangerous work, and there was a lake right beside right beside me, and I said. Well, if one of these things ever blow. I'm going to just take a dip in the lake. You actually had that go through your head? Oh yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Oh wow. And okay. um, all
0: right,
1: <laughs> okay.
2: So, <laughs> as uh, fuel came out of the tank, of course it drenched me, and I'm holding a torch. My whole body was uh, was on fire. I don't know if you ever seen that movie Firestarter, where the, yes, the girl had the powers and. Set people on fire, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was a big ball of flames. I took off running. Well, first, I <laughs> had a conversation with the guy that I was working with. I said, Are you all right? He said, I'm on fire too. You know, we, we're having this conversation. And I go, Where are you at? He says, I'm over here. Why? I said, Because I don't want to run your ass over because
0: I'm. T- <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I took off running. <laughs> And I'm running, and I'm going like, "Oh God, I should be drowning by now." Well, I couldn't find out. I couldn't see which way I was running, and I was w- running in the wrong direction. Oh no! So oh. these uh, two truckers came in, and uh, I guess all they seen was a ball of fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of them tackled me, and one had a fire extinguisher and put me out. Now, basically, those two guys saved my life, because I would have I, I would have kept running until I just would have, you know, yeah, just burned up and uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I'm still conscious at this time. and Which is amazing yeah, to me. Yeah. A, a lot of people, they you know, uh, they had uh, called a helicopter, you know, landed where, where I was working at, and, you know, they put me in the helicopter, and they go, uh, well, we're going to fly you to Chicago. And I'm going, no, you're going to fly me to St. Anthony's. Because I'm thinking, you know, um it's closer to, you know, to my friends and family, and they would, would have to drive into Chicago. Well, and they have a burn unit. They, they just had opened the burn unit. Oh, my. I think the burn unit was open the summer of 87. Oh, my. And my accident was uh, December uh, 14th of uh, 87. So to back up just a little bit, what happened to your coworker worker guy? Um, he tried to tell me he got burned, but I told him he got singed. So, uh-huh. He was in the hospital for roughly about about a month. Okay. Yeah. So a whole yeah. different yeah, level it was a, of whole burn. Burns. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. but he survived. He survived. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. So you're at Saint Anthony. So I'm at Saint Anthony, and I'm um, I'm still talking. What? And um, we call it the death uh, the look of death. Yeah. When the uh, technicians and the emergency people are looking at you, and you're still talking and you know, you can see it in his face. while no? What's wrong with this guy? Yeah, <laughs> you know? he keeps going. He's, yeah, and um, but but in defense, I
1: mean, you had a welder's mask on. Yeah, you had a welder's apron on. Yeah, I, I love mean, it. granted, you mm. were doused. Right, but if I look at you today, there's not a whole lot of damage to your face. No. Because of that mass because of the mass, yeah. yeah, so maybe that's part of the reason yeah. that you were able to sort of keep it going, and because you're Willie. yeah, cause I'm, yeah
2: I, what, <laughs> you what stories they say? to tell. Gunsmoke, uh, Festus Hagen, and doc, they get into it, and, and festus go um we uh us Hagans, we live a long time, and Doc goes, yeah, cause you're too damn dumb to know when you're dead, you know, <laughs> well, uh, that's kind of way I feel sometimes, but <clears throat> but anyway, I did my um. They finally had to uh, put me in a medical coma, so I kept on coding. I would code like anywhere from two, sometimes five times a day. Oh my and they told my sister that uh, why don't you just go ahead and pull a plug because this is gonna keep on going until he dies. So my sister said, Well, he's a pretty strong guy and <coughs> you know, let's just play it by ear. So after about three or four days I stopped coding. And she goes, I told you yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh I did my uh total fifteen months in the hospital. The burns were so severe that uh, matter of fact to skip the burns. I should have died from infection alone because I had third degree burns over ninety five percent of my body. So your skin is like your protector. Yeah. You know, it keeps uh You know, I mean, keeps things from getting into your body, but, you know, I have no skin. Yeah. Burned it all off. And I do remember you uh,
1: retaining a lot Uh, of water.
2: uh, Oh, God. I went from... I think you were 300 pounds when uh I saw you, and most of it was water. Yeah, I went from 245 to 410 pounds. Oh, Willie. I look like one of those... uh, those sumo wrestler suits. That's you know. Yeah, yeah, That's what I looked like. You know. Yeah. I mean, like you, you, you stick a pin. I mean, like I'm gonna explode or something. Yeah. But I, uh, I remember it so well. Yeah. And um, you know, I had a, you know, people like praying for me and everything, and I had one of my friends, uh, uh, the one that I went on a cruise with, uh, is Jeff Sheridan. Uh
0: huh.
2: He worked for, um, for Nycor Gas at the time. Oh, so when he heard about it, he just came straight to the hospital. He was there four days straight, Whoa. never left. So he's getting calls from Niagara saying, uh, "Jeff, if you don't come back to work, <laughs> we're going to fire you." Yeah, where and, are you? And he says, "Well, go ahead and fire me because I'm not coming back until I know my friend is out of the woods." You know, wow. should but I know Jeff? You will know him if you see him. He I, went to. I know the name, but yeah, I
1: can't place the face.
2: I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen him before. He. His family moved from Chicago to Rockford. Uh, okay. Let's see, like one, um, seven or eight years old. So
3: he was
1: at school with us.
2: Uh, he went to Eastall. Oh, he, yeah. There I mean, you he was, Yeah, he was an East insider. Okay. Yeah. All right. But if you don't, you would see him. All right. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever come to my bar when I had it on? Yeah. Yeah. you yeah, You seen him there. Okay. Yeah. All right. But anyway. Which gives us another reason to get back together again. <laughs> yeah, we always
3: look for reasons. It's yeah,
2: like, right.
1: Like we need one, but we always look for yeah, reasons. You know,
2: let's, let's, let's have a drink or something. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, after I'm out of the coma and I'm, you know, slowly starting to heal, I burnt my left leg all the way to the bone. I would look up out of my hospital bed and I would I could literally see the bone and, inside my leg. But um, slowly I start to heal and... And this nurse who gave me my first shower, and you know, (laughs) when you take your first shower after being burned all all over your body, you just scream. You scream, yeah. You scream. Yeah. And I guess I was too stupid to scream because I seen the nurse, you know, she's (laughs) trying to wash all the, And I said, I clear blue, and I go like, I'm going to marry you. And she said, you know what? You're the most arrogant son of a bitch I ever met in my life. And besides, I'm engaged to be married anyway. And she's thinking, his meds You're are too, too high. On, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, he's
1: delirious. Yeah.
2: Wow. So um, when it came time for her to take care of me, she would switch with somebody else. She says, I can't stand that guy. So <laughs> something wrong with him. And for the record,
1: <laughs> I did not marry the first person that gave me a shot. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> just so you know
2: (laughs) and she was engaged to be married and uh i said when i started walking on my own i said you're gonna get sick of me and so make a long story short we did end up getting married wow we we um uh uh, divorced now but we were married for um i think we were married 15 years and a total of 20 years i've known her and ever since then you know um you know we're divorced, but you know we have kids, and uh, she um, she'll tell you to this day that I am her best friend. Oh, you know, it's matter of fact, that she she wrote an article about me in um, in one of the medical journals that they uh, they put out. Uh, this guy is the most the strongest man I ever met, and um, his um, how does she put it? Um, the way he handles things is in, impeccable yeah but uh i mean you've always had a a
1: different way of looking at things yeah you know, now this yeah. is way before the burn yeah y- y- you know I, g- I could i could give you a a couple of instances right off the top of my head sports related you, i think mainly you. um that you just looked at things differently yeah so
2: you you don't and i you don't I love baseball. You love baseball, of course. And yeah. You know, after you finish playing baseball, the next thing up is softball. Uh-huh. So um, I don't know what made me do it, but anybody who ever asked me to play on their team or play in a tournament, I did. In the summer of 87, I think I ended up playing like 150 or 160 softball games. Whoa. Now, I'm talking about three morning leagues three uh, double-hitter leagues and playing in tournaments every weekend. Crazy. It was crazy. And I, and I usually, I, I don't know why, but I would never accept that much, you know. No,
3: of, and, of any time. Uh,
2: yeah, and, um, and, you know, I, I always say that was God Yeah.
3: because
2: you're not going to play anymore after you have this accident, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and And it took me probably about three years before I would go and see some of the uh, teams that I used to play for. Because in my mind, I still could play softball. Yeah. And I went out there, and the killer was I tried to pick up a bat and grip it, and I couldn't do it. I said, well, (laughs) those days were over. Yeah, but in your head. uh, Yeah. You think you could, going back to when I was in the hospital, seeing my whole body for the first time. And I'm going like in a mirror, um they had, they take pictures of me, and I, I piece them together, okay, gotcha and um I'm going, you know, I'm not gonna be able to play uh, softball anymore. I didn't talk to anybody the whole day, and they said that's not like woolly, you no. know, and but something's called, percolating yeah, in there so yeah they, they um, uh, so they called up a psychiatrist, and he says, uh. He says "What's what's what's wrong? Is there something I can help you with? And um you know the nurse said you're not yourself and I said I just realized that I won't be able to play softball anymore. And he goes, "Is that all?"
0: <laughs> and I'm like, I'm,
2: "I'm cussing this guy yeah. out eight ways a Sunday. <laughs> you know, you can get the blank out of my room and don't cut me get all." Well, he didn't know how involved you he he yeah, you know. And, <clears throat> and um after that, you know, I, I, was, I was fine after that. So I, w- I went back to my old self. But.
1: Man, I can remember when I came to the hospital and you had feeding tubes and you could mm-hmm. not talk, but you knew people were there, mm-hmm. you know, and you were laying straight and looking straight mm-hmm. up and you were all wrapped in the gauze and everything. That Looked they like had a mummy. <laughs> yeah, big time. And of course, you had the water retention mm-hmm. and Elaine which is your older mm. sister, mm. which uh, w- it seems like we've known each other since God
2: knows birth. when. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, it seems like birth. Yeah, yeah it wasn't, <laughs> but it seems like birth. She held my hand the entire mm. time because I think she knew I needed it. Mm. We just talked. We right. just, I just kept talking mm. to you. And the nurse came in and she said, uh, Willie, we need to change your bandages. Mm. And every expression from you at the time mm. was through your eyes. Right. And the look
2: of yeah. fear oh, yeah.
1: in your eyes, and I go, oh my, oh, my God. And she goes, I know, it's mm. two, three times a day. They, yeah. Yeah.
2: And they pull it, you know, when they take them off, some of your flesh comes off with them and, yeah, you know, and, and everything. But, um, yeah, I, I, I hate addressing changes. But uh, after they took me out of the, the coma, I could communicate with my eyes, you know. And I was <laughs> – my sister and brother was in a room one day. And the, the, I, you know, I'm making all kind of eye express, expressions, trying to raise up my hands, and you know, yeah. And um, I, I just could, I couldn't get it.
1: Well, you could get it. They yeah, they, they could it. get it. Yeah. <laughs> so um,
2: when I was finally able to talk, and they go, "You remember about a month ago when you were trying to tell us something? You're, you know, you're rolling your eyes in the back of your head." And I said, "Yeah." So what were you trying to tell us? I said, I was trying to tell you dumbasses that I had front row tickets for the Chicago Bulls and Philadelphia 76ers and so, in my drawer. <laughs> and somebody better use yeah, them? Yeah. Well, <laughs> they had expired. They could you know. Oh, I see. Okay. Eye. So, um,
1: <laughs> so yeah. you, speaking of, you went to an awful lot of Chicago Bulls oh, yeah, uh, but games. Back at, I, I
2: had, um, you know, I had a ticket broker so you and had a guy. I had a guy. Yeah. So we yeah. We, uh, we brought um, season tickets in the front row. You did not. And the games that we didn't want to go to, we would sell them.
1: For a profit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you think?
2: When Michael Jordan was <laughs> playing, let me tell you, front row seats were like $2,500. If, if you can imagine this scenario, on the left of me was Jerry Springer. And on the right of me was Oprah Winfrey. Come on. And, and her boyfriend, Stedman. And, uh,
1: was this a special game or just a regular old Bulls game?
2: No, this is just a regular Bulls game. Oh, my. Yeah. Not a playoff or anything. No, no, no. Oh, my. And so, um, I guess their season tickets were, in like, I don't, I don't know if they it was their season tickets, but apparently they knew the guy who had those yeah. tickets. And yeah. every time they come, they would be in the front row, row with me. But... Uh, and yeah. everybody else is going, yeah. I see Jerry Springer. I see Oprah. Yeah. Now, who's that asshole? Who over? is that guy? He's <laughs> yeah. sitting
1: right in between them. Who is that guy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, God, uh, that's funny. It was an anniversary of, of one of ours, and we mm-hmm. went to one of the ticket brokers, and we mm-hmm. got some uh, nice tickets. It was mm-hmm. uh, third row, center court. Wow. Yeah. Those are really nice. Yeah. You don't see those very often. I think we paid $560. Mm-hmm. Per ticket. So yeah. we were pretty thankful that was a for steal. it. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And of course, it was the Dennis Robbins, Steve Kerr, yeah, you know, guys, Scottie yeah. Pippen, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, the whole nine yards. So we're sitting there and we're trying to soak all this up. Again, mm-hmm. we're talking like a, a Wednesday night mm-hmm. game. I don't even know who they played. Right. It wasn't mm-hmm. special. But here comes this guy down the court, walking on mm-hmm. the court, and he goes, Hey, Michael, Michael. I'm going, mm-hmm. God, how damn rude mm-hmm. is that? But it was Barry Gordy. Oh, wow. Yeah, the founder of Motown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I looked to my left a little bit, and sitting in front of us, which was pretty much courtside, was Harold Ramis. Do you remember Harold Ramis from the Ghostbusters? Oh, yes, yes. And he mm-hmm. was also in Stripes with Bill Murray. Oh, right. Yeah. So then we're going, oh, my God, we can't believe the number of people. Look at this. Mm-hmm. Next thing we know, we turn around. The guy that was still walking down that court, that mm-hmm. same path was the Reverend Jesse Jackson. Wow. And of course, mm-hmm. he was yelling out, hey, Michael, yeah, hey, Michael. Right. So <laughs> I'm starting to look around now. <laughs> Who's, we're third row. Who's behind <laughs> us that mm-hmm. we don't know about? Right. And in the mezzanine was Hillary Clinton. And sitting right in the row behind us, but maybe six people down, mm-hmm. was the entire cast of Third Rock from the Sun.
2: Wow. Wow. So
1: Jane Curtin, yeah. John Lithgow. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable crowd stuff right. and that was just our side i have no idea what was on the other side
2: well you know back in those days it was like um the laker game you know you oh yeah all, all the stars would come out oh yeah i'll never forget when uh when michael said he's he's gonna play baseball i'm going oh boy here we go <laughs> and I, I i guess as a kid he was a pretty good baseball player yeah. from what i heard but Playing baseball as a kid and playing professional baseball are two different things.
1: Yeah. And then he goes plays for the White Sox. Well, he had we're, a, he, we're Cubs fans. Yeah. Come on.
2: Well, that was his end because the owner of the Bulls was the owner of the White Sox. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he goes and um, very shortly he finds out that he cannot hit a curveball. Mm-hmm. So I know that wasn't going to last. And shortly after that, he um, he goes and. The rumor is he's starting to practice with the Chicago Chicago Bulls. And I called my ticket broker up and I go, we, we still have those those tickets, you know. He says he says, Yeah, Willie, but I said, but okay, so you sold it somebody okay. Yeah, yeah. I said, Well what I need, I need two front row tickets for when the Bulls play Orlando Magic. And he go, why would you want that game when uh, Jordan left. Shaquille O'Neal was the next big thing, and I, I told my broker, I said, "If he's going to make a comeback, it's going to be against Orlando Magic, because they yeah. gave the, they kind of like gave the leak to him after you left. Yeah, after you so, left. And you're rolling the dice on. I'm this. I'm rolling the dice on this. Okay. And I said, um, so I need two front row tickets, and he says, man, I can't give these things away. He says, uh, <laughs> two fifty a piece,
1: and and so, you get a couple of hot
2: dogs yeah, and beers. Per- yeah. <laughs> and he said, "If you give me another fifty, I probably can let you sit on the end of the bench." And wow! <laughs> wow! Okay. And um, <laughs> so anyway, I buy these two tickets, and like I said, you know, he had been practicing with the Bulls about two weeks before the Orlando Magic played the Bulls. He announced that he was coming back. He says, "I'm, I'm coming back to basketball." But he didn't say against two. No. And so all of a sudden your chest blows yeah. up
1: and you go, "Ooh."
2: I said, "Okay." I said, "I, I, I know I, I have to be right on this because he doesn't—he <laughs> doesn't like nobody to show him up." So. Well, has, that's
1: true. That's you know. very true. <laughs>
2: so a week later, he announced my first game will be against the Orlando Magic. Yeah, I knew yeah. it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So now these two hundred and fifty-dollar tickets I have—they're like worth gold. Guy calls my broker and he goes, uh, "Hey, Wooly, I got this guy who wants to buy these tickets from you. He'll give you five thousand dollars a piece. Do you want to sell them?" Oh. I said, "Bob, I'm not selling these tickets. I said the United Center only holds twenty-one thousand people, and you'll have over a million people saying that I went to that game."
1: That's right, but I'll actually have the stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
2: um, two days before the, the game. He says, Willie, this guy is really serious, and he wants to buy these tickets. And you don't know who he is? And I don't know who he is. Okay. And my broker it. didn't know who he is. Yeah. Oh, my. So. Um, well, in Chicago, it could be yeah, damn it, near anybody. anybody. Yeah. He says, he's offering you $10,000 apiece for these tickets. Now, what are you going to do? I said, Bob, oh. I told you a week ago I'm not selling the tickets. I'm going to the game.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Day of the game. About 10 o'clock in the morning, Bob calls me and he says, Willie, <laughs> he said, I don't know who this guy is. or I said, he's got to be somebody mighty important and he has a lot of money. That's right. He's offering you $15,000 a seat for these tickets. What are you going to do? That morning. That morning of the game. Oh, wow. I said, Bob, <laughs> I told you yesterday, two days ago, and a week ago, I'm not selling tickets. So anyway, make a long story short, night of the game. I'm in the front row. The waitress brings me a drink. I didn't order a drink. Oh. And I'm going like, I don't know, something strange going on. I said, but I'll take it because, you know, (laughs) drinks at these sporting events, you know, they're awful high. Yeah. And so I'm sipping on a drink, and about five minutes later, this guy comes over, and he goes, you don't know who I am, but I know who you are. You're the son of a bitch who wouldn't sell me those tickets. I said, that would be me. I said.
1: now go back to your ninth road ticket seats. <laughs> and
2: he goes, uh, he said, did you get your drink? I said, yes. He says, let me introduce myself. He says, I'm Phil Knight, the head of Nike Corporation. I own Nike. You are kidding me. And, um. Oh my God. he goes um, just throw it out there hypothetically. He said if I would have offered you twenty five thousand apiece, would you have sold them? I said, No, I wouldn't have. Oh man. And he says, you know what? I like somebody that stands on their principle when they say no. They yeah. may no. Yeah, and he wants you in
1: their yeah. next advertising campaign yeah.
2: too. So he uh <laughs> I guess he wanted it for one of his clients. Oh, and, not, um, he, not
1: himself? Not, no,
2: because he, he had front row tickets for the game. Oh, my. Yeah, across the, across the court. So um, he goes, um, I'll be right back. And I'm watching him all the way as he goes across the court. He pulls out a box of shoes. They're oh. the Air Jordan, North Carolina Blues. Oh, my. He has Michael assign sign him. I'm going, like, oh, no. Nah. Does he, does he say, point at you? No, he walks back across the court with the shoebox, and he says, "Here." Wow, why did you do that? He says, "You know, a lot of people they let money get in the way of yeah. things that they really wanted to see or do." Yeah, right? yeah. And he says, "Here's a little token to me." Wow. So, <clears throat> and my my ticket broker, um, he uh, I gave him to him because I didn't want to. I didn't give it to him. I told him his oh. wife ever dies oh. or something, you know. Yeah. I want I want my shoes back. Yeah, hang on to them for me. But he had put them in his office in a glass case. Okay. And uh that's that's where they're at today. Are they
1: really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Did you ever meet Michael Jordan on on maybe a different occasion or anything? Yeah. Did you really? What were uh, the circumstances there?
2: You know, I always wanted to go into a locker room. So, why not I, I go tell my broker i said i want to i want to get a uh uh a pass a press pass so i can go the bulls locker room he says yeah that'd be Don't, the only way you get in there that's right <laughs> you better have a list of questions <laughs> and he goes i can get you one but his butts always when he says but yeah you know it's gonna cost you. yeah of course so of course i paid a pretty penny for this uh this press pass and you know all espn and who did you claim yeah, to be with? I, I was in a corner. I don't know what. No, but it credentials? Yeah. What, didn't just,
1: they, did they say WBBM radio or I,
2: anything? I, I, I can't even remember, but I know oh. it just says press. I, I mean, I'm sure it was oh some station or something. Okay. All right. And I'm just, I'm just standing, you know, I'm far away from all the action, just standing in the corner soaking this all up. And yes. 15, 20 minutes later, Michael Jordan walks up to me. He goes, uh, who are you? He says, I know you're not depressed because I know all the press. Oh, I no. said, yeah, you're right. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not with the press. <laughs> you are so busted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I just wanted to come in the locker room and see how it is after a game. And, yeah. you know, he says, um, uh, you got a few minutes? And I said, I said, sure. He says, give me about 30 minutes and I'll be right back. So he goes and shower up and 30 minutes later, Comes right back and he goes up. Uh, he said, by the looks of you, I could see you were in a in a in a real bad accident. Oh, this is after the accident. Yeah, this is, yeah. Oh. And um I said, yeah, I was an explosion. And this one he still had his restaurant downtown. Oh. He says, You mind going to dinner with me? Would I mind? Yeah. Yes,
1: that's an interesting <laughs> way to say it. So
2: um <laughs>
1: Would I mind? <laughs> eh, let me check my schedule.
2: <laughs> he said, He said, a couple of friends are going to come with me, you know, and I said, that's that's no problem. It was Dennis Rodman, Scotty Pippen. Oh,
1: come on.
2: And we had dinner at his restaurant.
1: Again, everybody in the restaurant's going, who "Who is is that guy? Yes.
2: (laughs) Now my chest is really out here, you know. And And the the, shortest guy at the table. Yeah, shortest guy at the table. (laughs) (laughs) And and I told him about my accident and everything. And, um, you know, he says, uh, man, he says, uh, you know, God's really blessed you, and I said, yeah, I, I know I shouldn't be here, and I'm yeah. sure God has other plans for me and stuff. But Anyway, so this is when I had my club, and Dennis Rotman goes, um, hey, man, you know anything about this club? I, I keep hearing in Rockford called Player City. Uh, I said, and
1: if there's anybody, it would yeah, be Dennis that yeah, knows that, about yeah, clubs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He, I, I said, yes, I'm the owner. He says, get out of here. Come on. He says, I said, yes, I, I am the owner of the club. And he goes, can I come to your club? And I said, but you, you have to rope off a section for me. And I, I go, that's no problem. Just, you know, call me when, you, yeah the day that you want to come. Yeah, give me a heads up. I'm sure he does this to a lot of people. So Oh, yeah. You know, and. Um, Most you could say is no. Yeah. So I, I get a call about three days later. It's Dennis Rotman. <laughs> Holy crap. He says, hey, Willie, he says, I know you remember you had lunch with uh, Michael and Scotty, and I got a free evening, and I want to know, uh, can I come to your club? I, s- I said, sure. I called my manager and everything, and I'm telling you, know, we're going to rope this section off. Right, and stuff. right. And um, make a long story short, he calls me back at about 6 o'clock that evening. He goes, Willie, he says, I know you probably went through a lot of preparation to accommodate me. He said, but I can't make it. He says, I got something he had to do. I, I said, that's no problem. It wasn't that big of a deal. He almost came to my club. So wow. That was, that's what I did. Did finals. he ever reschedule? No.
1: No. no. Okay. Yeah. Was the lunch very easy conversation between the four of you? Was it just yeah, normal just, every day? Yeah.
2: It was, you know, was it about basketball. You know,
0: Yeah.
3: I,
2: What's your favorite group was, from the 70s? Yeah. And stuff, you know, yeah, it was very... Wow! Very laid back, you know. Wow! I mean, I <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just fortunate in life. I don't know if you remember that I used to uh, I used to promote shows, comedy shows, and stuff like that. Yes. And I brought um. <clears throat> well, my biggest mistake I ever made was bringing Biggie Small and Junior Mafia to the Metro Center. Whoa! That was you. That was me. Oh. <laughs> that, those are a lot of balls to juggle in one night. Oh, God. Oh, my. Are you talking about are they, my. Are they over-demanding? Very. Okay. They stay so high all the time, I don't know how they could ever perform. Oh, no. Um,
1: and, and you have to deal with them ahead of time on but, top but, of but, it. Yeah. Yeah, forget about the songs. Well, you yeah. just
2: got to get them on stage. So he, <laughs> this limousine pulls up inside the Metro Center. We get him out, and I'm going like, the guy can barely stand up. And I'm going like. I said, we're in trouble. (laughs) And he goes, oh, no, boss. I said, he's fine. So he's like this all the time. Yeah, have no problem (laughs) That doesn't make it fine. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm going to like, I guess (laughs) I have to take your word for it because, you know, I'm sweating bullets and, (laughs) you know, and, you know, the the stuff that they, you know, Moet was their drink, you know, back in the day. So they wanted two cases of Moet in the dressing room. Two cases? That's. Come on. That's <laughs> it. What are you guys going to do with it?
1: My God.
2: And he says, well, it's Biggie, his crew, and Junior Mafia, and their crew. I said, we we'll probably end up with a bottle of peace. Whoa. Well, anyway, make a long story short, the guy gets on stage, and I, I'm telling you, it doesn't show like it was nothing. Really? I mean, I'm, that's, their th- 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 that's their normal. That's their normal.
1: Well, and you, yeah. you hear the, uh, the stories of the Eagles, you oh, know, and oh, yeah. Joe Walsh trashing everything. Really? and I mean, you hear all well, these I, stories.
2: I can tell you it's true. Yeah. <laughs> we had them at the, it's the Holiday Inn Express now. Oh, yeah. They, I think they, they have like three suites, uh, presidential suites, in the whole hotel. I booked one for myself, and um, Biggest Wall had one, and part of the Junior Mafia clan had the other. After the show, they went to um, a club called, it was 30 something. A good friend of mine's on that club. And these guys were going, walking in the club, taking food out of people's plates.
1: Because <laughs> they could. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going like. How arrogant do you have to be?
2: Right, and, and <laughs> this is really funny. They got to this one booth and they went to. The guy had a fork and said, stabbed the guy right, right in the hand <laughs> with the fork. And I'm like, yeah, I guess that'll learn you. But anyway, wow. uh, ju- Junior Mafia had to take, I uh, took back to the airport. These guys smoked so much weed in that van. I had to keep it three extra days to get the smell out. Yeah, I bet. I, I had to, sh- I must have shampooed this thing about three or four times. You know,
1: it's amazing. <laughs> I, I've got I've got a uh, friend, Don K., Don Kronberg. <laughs> Uh, who I worked with at WROK and WZOK, Mm -hmm. he's been a concert promoter for 33 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody from Jerry Seinfeld to Tony Bennett Mm -hmm. and Rick Nielsen and everybody in between. But the -the behind-the-scenes stories, if people only knew what you guys go through in order to get them from point A to point point B. B. Yeah. On time. Yeah, on (laughs) on time and and coherent enough. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. And every single solitary time that I run into Don Kay, mm-hmm. I will say, Well, tell me about so and so. Right. And this may be something that he's mm. done 20 years ago. Right. And, you know, Kenny Loggins or mm. Ann Murray or something right. like that. Right. And sure enough, he'll have a story, yeah. not a bad story, yeah. but he'll have a story going, Oh, you know,
2: she's this or he's that. Mm. You just did not know that yeah. about that person. Well, these guys uh, did $21,000 worth of damage. To the hotel rooms oh. at the at the Holiday Inn.
0: Oh my!
2: And um, that's painful. It, it is, and and and, uh, and this is back in the day. Yeah, ninety three, ninety two, somewhere, somewhere around in there. And they just 93. get
3: wound
1: up, oh, and man. they just they can't help it. Type I, I, of
2: I come up and I get out of the elevator, and as I have been closer to the floor, I hear all this screaming and yelling. You know, you know how you, the elevator stops and you. You stick your head out you look both ways. <laughs> There's women running around naked and guys throwing shoes. At, I'm going like, what the hell yeah. is going on? And you tuck back in yeah, the elevator. Yeah, I, I get back in the <laughs> elevator. And I'm going like, I said, no, this is, this is not going to be for me. But uh, Wow. Hey, I've got yeah, a question for sure. you on the other side of our break okay.
1: that may take a little pondering for you. All right. So we'll be back with more and more stories with Willie Parham Right after this on Storyteller Studio.
3: Hi to everyone listening to Storyteller Studio podcast all over the world. I'm Isba Snabash, and I'm here to tell you that Tim really appreciates your dedication to the show. But I'm also here to let you in on a huge secret. Tim Larson leads a second life as an author. As a writer, he's known as Tim Dingus, D-I-N-G-U-S. His three drastically different books can be easily found on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. You'll find things to think about for at least one minute, the comings and goings of t-shirts and the power of props. As we all know, Tim's mind runs non-stop, and these are just the book versions. Again, just search Tim Dingus on Amazon and discover the author side of your podcast host. Now back to more of Tim's impromptu conversation on the Storyteller Studio podcast.
1: We're back with Willie Parham. I have known Willie since fifth grade, 1970. And every so often, we get together just to shoot the breeze. And I figured, well, you know, sometimes we just need to shoot the breeze and share this with everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's my guest today on Storyteller Studio. Willie, I've got a question for you. And you may take a different twist to this question. But generally, could you give advice to yourself 30 years ago if you knew now what you didn't know then, the kiss and cousin to that is: is there a domino that tipped over years ago that would have changed and did make everything mm. possible in your life possible? Mm. I know that's very loaded, but mm. I think you'll be able to sort it out. Yeah,
2: Rodney Dangerfield had the best answer for that. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the the, the movie uh, Back to School. Oh, sure. When he, yeah became a class Victorian. <laughs> and he says um i have one advice for you stay home <laughs> don't leave it's a mean world out there you know <laughs> he's not wrong no he's not, he's not he's not wrong he's not he's not, he's not wrong at all <laughs> um you can't predict what happens in life to you people go well man you know this accident really changed your life and you know how you deal with things and everything. And I go, I'll tell them. It didn't change who I am. I'm still the same old asshole that everybody knows. Arrogant Very, asshole. yeah.
1: <laughs> According to Sheila.
2: I, <laughs> the only thing I wouldn't change is not getting in the accident. If I didn't have that accident, I would have never got married, never would have had a son.
3: Well, you
1: would have never gotten married or had a son that I wedding. I don't think I would have never gotten da- married. Seriously?
2: Yeah. You know, it, I date a lot of nurses. Okay. The reason for that is, you know, once I'm getting going, I'm just like you in the morning. Mm-hmm. But somebody has to help me shower. Someone has to help me put on my clothes. Yeah. And You still th- wear braces? I'll be wearing braces the rest of my life. Okay. I have no All lower right. leg muscle. Okay. And... Uh, On that end of it, um, that's the only thing that I would change. But since you can't change nothing like that, you have to play the hand that you're dealt. Yeah, that's true. A lot of people, when they go through trauma in life, you know, they can't go through people staring at them and this. Especially when it comes to burns. Burns is probably one of the most Oh, gosh, how you say it. um, One of the most critical injuries you can go through because it's more so mental than it is physical. Really? Because, uh, you know, you can get burned on your face and your face is all scarred. Yeah. You don't want to go out because people are going to stare at you and stuff. And I when I was in the hospital, there were – People that had thirty percent burns, and they would die. They didn't want to go through life, people staring at them, and they lose the will to live. And you had a
1: lot more percentage than that. Oh yeah, I but mean, you had the will. I had the will. Well, you actually had the willy.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big woolly style. No. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> no. But you don't uh, do anything on a small scale. No, no, I, no. I never. You just. Don't. I, I, I got that from
2: my, <laughs> I got that from my grandmother. She said, "If you're going to do something, do it right." Yeah." And, and most people don't know this, but my family was cursed with burns. What? I had an aunt in Arkansas that worked at a firecracker plant. The plant exploded, and Oh, come on. She, uh, she died of her burns eventually.
1: Come on. Like in uh, the '50s, that? No, that,
2: that was like in, no, that was like in the '70s. Did
1: did that factory make fireworks that the city would buy and left off, or that
2: you buy at the store? No, that you would commercial. Yeah,
1: the canisters.
2: Yeah. Whoa. And then I had a cousin, one who died in a house fire, and his brother survived the house fire, and he had burns, not so much facial burns, but he had arm burns and stuff like that. Yeah. Had another cousin, truck driver. That was just sitting in his rig while they were loading up at the dock, and the truck just exploded. Wow. And he got burns all over his... Did he have a tankard? No. Uh, They they weren't filling it with a liquid? Nothing at all. Oh. Somehow the engine of the truck just... Oh, it wasn't the cargo? No. The engine of the truck just blew up while he was was in the cab.
1: Holy crap. Have you ever been back to the burn unit at OSF St. Anthony? Oh, many times. Is is it hurtful, or is it a positive thing?
2: It's a positive thing. They okay. They used to call me on a regular basis to talk to burn patients, especially the ones that are not handling it so well. Are they predominantly kids? There was this one kid, i never forget his name, was Rick. It was a car accident. The car uh, exploded into fl- flames, so he ran back to the car trying to pull his friends out. The back seat, and oh. but um, a couple of them ended up dying. Okay. So uh, he was mad at the world. So of course, uh, the nurse who couldn't stand me <coughs> <laughs> calls me and goes, uh, "Willie, um, I want you to come talk to this patient. He's he's just he's real angry at the world and just mean and."
1: Yeah, makes it tough on the yeah. hospital staff, yeah. too, on yeah. top of it.
2: And his mother, oh, man, I felt so sorry for his mother. Yeah. So I come up to the room and I says, what room is in? I said, I want you to go in the room, close all the shades, and come back out, and I'm going to walk in. okay. Hmm. So um, I go in and I says, uh, what are you doing here? I'm going, I'm going to give you a reality check. That's what I'm doing here. There's nothing you can say about what happened to me. I'm going like, let me tell you something, partner. I said, you're not the only one who ever lost friends or been in an explosion. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Now, what's going to help you through this is your attitude. And right now, you're going to have to change that attitude because these people are here to help you. Yeah, every step of the way. And I said, if you don't accept this right now, I said, you're going to have a hard time in life. you got to accept what happened to you and move on. Mm-hmm. Don't let it be your final chapter because it's not. You're only 16 years old. Oh. I said, well, my accident happened. I was 27 years old. We go on, you know, always had but, but, this, that, that. Uh-huh. And the problem was he needed to see someone who'd been through what he's been through. Oh. And that person was me.
0: Yeah.
1: Because everybody uh, until then was, you don't understand. You don't understand. Said, you don't don't understand. understand.
2: Yeah. Oh, and, my. And, and I said, I, I understand. Oh, yeah. Big I time. I <laughs> said, I understand more than you understand. Yeah. I said, you're only 40% burned. I was 95%. Trust me. I understand. <laughs> I, I was in there for about a couple of hours and, and came back out. And I told, this, I said, he should be all right. You know. About a couple hours later, his mother calls me. He says, Mr. Parham, he said, what did you do to my son? I said, Uh uh-oh. I didn't do anything (laughs) to him. No. I just gave him a reality check. That's it. I said, he has to deal with the situation that he's going through and overcome it. Because if he doesn't, it's going to consume the rest of his life Mm -hmm. and he won't really have a quality quality of life
1: you know the other part of that and you can grab onto any trauma that's mm-hmm. happened to anybody does not matter
2: mm-hmm.
1: just pick a topic yeah they can choose to wear that hat mm-hmm. and that's what you're known for the minute you walk in the door mm-hmm. every place you go mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. your choice mm-hmm. or oh, it doesn't matter whether it be physical mental mm-hmm. does not matter mm-hmm. it's a hat you choose to put on or it's one that you're going to milk the shit Mm. out of that excuse until the day you You die die. Mm -hmm. or this is just another thing i have to hang on to i need to carry along Mm. with me i don't pay attention to it that much i don't draw attention to it that Mm -hmm. much it's just something i need to sort of carry with me for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and that can make a whole big difference and granted i get it it's different when you're 16 compared to it's when you're 60. 60 right. Definitely, definitely. But mm. God bless you for opening that can of worms
2: for that kid. Yeah. Did you ever do follow-up conversations with him? Oh, definitely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I haven't talked to him now in a few years. We used to run into each other at the uh, wound care. Oh, and because um, he would come back too? Yeah, well, I'll be going to wound care the rest of my life. Oh, for treatment? For treatment. Oh, gotcha. You know, when you get burnt, you know, I, I can't, I don't have that electricity to my skin yeah. that I can pull up. You wear your skin out. Pardon the expression. I'm wearing my ass out so bad it's not even <laughs> 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 You know, s- sliding in and out of the car. Yeah. And, you know, I, so I have uh, one, two, three. I have three wounds on my rear end right now. And it does not replenish because it's been burnt. It, yeah, what happens is you that can't, the, you can't harvest more. More, no. Okay. And so, they debreed them and they try different things and eventually they'll heal up. Huh. But then it'll be another part of your body oh, that I goes see. through the same thing. Oh, you know? so it's just it, a, it's it, a constant. Chest yeah, it's model. a never never ending battle. But uh, wow, you know you get used to it. You know, well I've been going to wound care now for roughly about twelve years, I think. Every other week. You ever go to? Um high schools
1: to speak at all? Is that something that's good?
2: (laughs) I do um, my niece Erica was at Guilford Anatomy class the teacher was um, Bill Buell. They were in anatomy classes when it comes to the part about uh, body what happens to the body or skin when it gets burnt. My niece goes I'm going to give you my uncle's number and you guys can talk and maybe come to your class and you know, share it with the students. Wow. I think that was who two thousand and seven oh. which you graduated. Wow, good for you. And from two thousand and seven until the present time now, I go to all the area high schools and when they get to in their anatomy classes, when they get to the part about how your skin react to burns, they call me in.
1: Uh, for lack of a better term, do you have a prepared speech? Is there a Q and A at the end? I, is there something that that you wow them with? That hey, uh, bet you never knew this.
2: Yeah, well, you you know how high school kids are. Yeah, the first thing is, hey man, you got any pictures? And I go, <laughs> oh no, my God! Oh my God, that's pretty bold. Yeah, and um, <laughs> oh my God! So I, I do my uh, me and Bill. We set up a PowerPoint that we. You know, it, it shows uh, how my body progressed over the years after it oh. starts to heal up. You know, it, it, like I was telling you earlier, when I when I talk to high school kids, you have to be very honest with them. You do. For them to open up. You do. And, and if mm. you're not, they're going they, to detect it. They, they'll them. know it. Yeah. They know They'll it. know
1: yeah. it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's always the girls. Always the girls. <laughs> really? Mr. Parham, you said we can ask you anything. I said, Sure, you can ask me anything. <laughs> and she goes, well, I don't know how to say this. I said, just go ahead and say it. Did you get your thing burned off?
0: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, oh,
1: the girls want to know?
2: know. <laughs>
1: oh, my God.
2: <laughs> Always a girl that. <laughs> and I said, uh, <laughs> n- no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, you had the but, welding apron. But, yeah, but thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And this is a true story. This is not made up.
1: I know, but I never think my, anything
2: you tell me is made up, ever. My accident report reads, hand burnt severely from holding penis. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what the you hell? Know, this is I, not funny. I, oh, my God. I, I know I was going to get, I was going to be screwed up after this explosion. <laughs> but I said, if I'm going to be screwed up. Something is gonna work. You know. <laughs> and um Oh my god. I, I'm telling you, <laughs> wh- wh- while I was running, I had both of my hands holding my penis. Oh, so running. they're not wrong. Yeah, no no, they're not wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. You know, it's it's a guy thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, but to have the wherewithal
1: uh, to yeah, know well, to do that.
2: Well they don't call me a DOB for nothing. <laughs> You know, but <laughs> and <laughs> oh my god! And, and, and then you you know you always get you always get into these, um, especially after after I was divorced. Mm-hmm. So uh, you go to the dating game, you know. And, uh, oh, yo oh, so and mine's a little bit different than most people. Yeah, and you're older. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. So <clears throat> you approach a woman that you might want to date. And, you know, maybe you take out a dinner for, you know, a couple of times. And then I have to give her the, you know, the truth about about me.
1: Or you tell her you have bulls tickets. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> I,
2: I, I say, um. you know, I really like you. And I think you really like me. But if we date and we want to go on vacation or something together, you have to help me get dressed you have to help me babe. And, and I'll be frankly honest, I, I don't hold nothing back. And I go, and after I sit, you got to wipe my ass. Oh. Uh-huh. And that's you, not for everybody. No, now you know. Not, now, do you still want to go out with me? And if you're a nurse, you yeah. go, hey, I yeah, deal with that fine. every
1: day. No big deal.
2: I had one girl that turned me down. She said, Willie, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I can wipe your ass. Right. I said, I'm glad you told because yeah. I don't want to be out somewhere. And all of a sudden, my stomach goes, and I got to go to the bathroom, you know. And then you're stuck. And I'm saying, well, or I'll, I'll have a roll of uh, paper towels that I have stuffed in my <laughs> underwear. And, <laughs> just to get me home. <laughs> oh, my God. But, um. Only once. Wow, good for you. Well
1: again, your inside had yeah. not changed. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. you're still the same jovial guy yeah. that I've known since fifth grade. I don't know the asshole arrogant yeah. part of it because you've yeah. never asked me to marry you. Yeah. But that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you've been the same guy yeah. whether you're wearing great big gold rings yeah. and smoking cigars at yeah. the cork yeah. or we're sitting at a ball game.
2: Yeah. I got a hand it to you, man. Good well, for you. You know, life is life is a card game. Well, I I, I shouldn't say that. I I'll put it this way: life is like a book. You have the opening chapter, and you have the closing chapter. Uh-huh. What count is? What did you do in the middle of that book in life? Right. And you have the choice to write the inside of it. Yeah. And yeah. Nobody. Yeah. You know. And like I say, I've been very fortunate. You know, I. I met a lot of people and been able to do a lot of things. And, um, uh, and I probably told you this story, but uh, one of my favorite groups, is besides Earth, Winter, and Fire, is Frankie, Beverly, and Mays. Oh, my. And I've seen them 11 times. Okay. And um, Do they know this? They do now. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I was going to... Uh, and, God, and I hate they tore down that theater. It was um, Star Plaza Theater in Maryville, Indiana. Oh, my. I used to love go to that place because you get a dinner package and an overnight stay in concert. Hello. Con- concert tickets. Wow. And um, I'm going there next week, by the way. Where is that? Maryville. Well, you see a big empty field, and that's where Okay. All right. <laughs> right as you get off at of 34. You, All right. Yeah. But anyway. I'll ask around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't been there in a while, but uh, in a couple of years, maybe they built something out of now. The girl I was dating, you know, I, I'll tell you two or three times of what my plans are, and I'll leave it alone. You're an adult, so, you know, write it down or don't forget it. Okay.
1: So, and, you can, and you can pick up that ball, or you yeah, can choose not yeah, to. Uh,
2: definitely. Yeah. So, it was concert was on a Friday, and Monday I, I, I said, Do you, are you going to concert with me? She says, oh, I forgot that. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Come 5 o'clock Friday evening i'm leaving with or without you so it's it's up to you that's right so I make a long story short she couldn't get nobody to take a shift so i pull up and um i had a relationship with the with the lady who um who issues the tickets for the the uh the dinner packages oh okay I, you know i got to know her uh, um because you're a pres- frequent flyer yeah yeah and um I told her, you know, I'm handicapped, and, uh, you know, I like to sit in the front row. I like to sit (laughs) in the front row so my legs can stretch out, you know. You did that before the burn,
1: yeah. You always wanted the front row. So
2: uh, (laughs) she would always put me in the front row. I would send her flowers and candies and stuff all the time. Oh, nice. I get there, and um, I'm I'm there by myself, and it's this gorgeous girl. She, She keeps on walking by me, and I'm going like... Yeah, I said if she comes by me one more time, I'm going to ask her to go to the concert with me. Three minutes later, she walks by me again. I go, Would you like to go to the concert with me? I said I have, I have front row tickets.
1: Is she a staff member? No, no, she oh, was just, just a, another just, patron. Somebody okay, somebody
2: standing at the hotel. Okay, all right. She said, You got front row tickets, right? And she said, <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. She says nigger please (laughs) don't lie to me she said my mother and aunt grew up with frankie beverly and Mays, and they couldn't even get front row tickets so i pulled out the ticket and i gave it to her (laughs) and she seen it was a front row ticket oh man because he only could get two tickets or something for some reason she sees the ticket she takes off running I'm yelling, well, I'll meet you in the auditorium. <laughs> yeah. And um, Is that a yes or a yeah, no? Yeah, you know, we so so. just take off running. <laughs> so anyway, um, in the front row, she finally joins me. And she said the same thing. Oh, how did you get front row tickets? And these guys in the band can't even get I said, well, you know, you got to do this, got to do that. Yeah. And, and um, so we're talking, and she said, you know, my mother did grow up with Frankie Beverly like what in the neighborhood in, no in philadelphia yeah in the neighborhood oh, oh wow yeah oh my so i said you know what <clears throat> go and get your mother and i'll trade places with her she can sit in the front row with you and i'll sit in her seat oh so i did and i'm still like you know a little leery you know practice, i grew up with this person i grew up with
1: that. yeah person. yeah yeah you've heard it all yeah
2: so um after the show and the auditorium starting to clear out and um Frankie Bradley comes up and starts talking to her mother. And I went, well, <laughs> she really did, you know. Yeah, they know she, each other. Yeah, so um, he said, how did you get in the front row? And she said, well, this guy that my daughter met, met in the lobby <laughs> 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 exchanged a seat with me. And she said, well, go and get him. We went up to a suite. Oh, with nice. With his bands, and we had drinks, you know. And, uh, wow. Yeah. So things do come around, uh, yeah, it, it obviously. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know if it's l- lucky or, like well, I said, life is timing. That's I mean, all.
1: to a certain degree, it's yeah. a little bit of karma. But yeah, you know what yeah. you give out, you, you give in, you yeah. get back. Yeah, yeah, one way or the other. Did um, and this is um, a, a sort of a, a skewed uh, mm-hmm. story, but I, uh, I don't think I've told you. Maybe when you came out to WLUV mm-hmm. during the renovation thing, we spent some time together. Maybe I told you. So stop me if I have. Okay. But did I ever tell you about John O'Leary and Jack Buck down in St. Louis? Did I ever tell you that story I don't at think all? So. Okay. I don't we were in uh, Orlando, Florida, at a conference. You know how you have keynote speakers and motivational speakers and blah blah blah. And so we've got the whole sales force together there and everything for American Solutions. And mm-hmm. I'm working the the front desk. We're doing some kind of promotion type thing. Right. So I'm looking down this hallway, and here comes this guy dragging a small suitcase, and he sort of has an odd swagger mm. to him. And he gets closer and closer, and I realize he's a burn victim. Mm. I says, hey, can I help you? And he says, yeah, I'm John O'Leary. I'm your keynote speaker today. I mm. says, okay, great. So I you know, guide him to right. the other people and whatever. And he starts telling this story that... Again, it's sort of like when you were talking about Rick, and Mm -hmm. it's a change of attitude and gratefulness and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. He decided at the age of 10 to go out into the garage and see how fire would mix with gasoline. (laughs) And he was burned over 95% Mm -hmm. of his body Mm -hmm. at the age of 10. Mm -hmm. It's a longer story, but here's the gist of it. You know that the doctors and nurses have soft sole shoes, Mm. so when they clippity-clop, they Mm. don't clippity-clop and wake you up when they come read -hmm. your vitals or whatever they need to do. Well, he's laying in there, like you were, Mm. looking straight up and feeding tube and the whole nine yards at 10 years old, Mm. and here comes these very loud dress shoes, Mm. and so it was not one of the medical staff, and here's this guy turned out to be Jack Buck, the Mm -hmm. announcer for the St. Louis Cardinals Mm -hmm. baseball team. And he came down. He says, I understand you're John Mm O'Leary. He said, when and not if, but when you get out Mm -hmm. of this place, we will have a John O'Leary day at Bush Stadium for the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm -hmm. And out he walks. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing he told to him. Yeah. Next thing. Mm -hmm. He comes back in the next day, and he goes, hi, this mm. is Jack Buck again. Mm. I hope you are closer to getting out of here, because when you do, we're going to mm. have a John O'Leary day Great. at Bush Stadium." And mm. he kept drilling this home to this Great. kid. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> no connection with the family. Mm-hmm. He read about him in the newspaper. The hospital is on the way from Bush Stadium to Jack's home. Wow. So he just stopped in every mm. day. Well, it got to the point where he needed to work his fingers, right? Mm-hmm. His fingers were burned severely, right. And his mother was trying to teach him and tell him, here's what you need to do, blah, blah, blah. They had, his, uh, they had the palm of his hand around a tennis ball, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Well, you know, a 10-year-old kid is mm-hmm. not going to listen to his mother very right. well. All right. So by that time, they had gotten to know Jack Buck. Mm-hmm. So Jack says, well, let me try something. The next day, he comes with an autographed baseball from Ozzie Smith. And he says, this is for you. This is one of the best shortstops in the entire Major League Baseball. He goes, if you write him a thank you note, I will bring you another baseball. Mm -hmm. Well, you know the people that are coming through St. Louis. right? You know, every big Major League Baseball player known to man. Boog Powell and Hank Aaron and everybody. He brought him over the course of that time. 83 baseballs signed by various people. Mm -hmm. Jack Buck was at his high school graduation. He was in his wedding, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. That is how he makes his living, Mm -hmm. is telling this story. And he says, I have left two pieces of paper and a Mm -hmm. pen at each of your play settings. Mm -hmm. He says, I want you to write down three things that you are grateful for. Again, that whole change of attitude. Mm -hmm. He goes, while you're doing that, I'll be over here. And the guy went over mm. and was playing the piano. Wow. While they were, while right. we were writing mm-hmm. down our stuff. And that whole Jack Buck, John O'Leary story has just stuck with me so right. hard. And it parallels right what
2: you have done. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, you know, and especially when I, when I you know, talk to high school kids and stuff and stuff. Uh, they all write me letters after I leave, and um, mm. some of our kids are are really messed up. They're they're in bad situations, mm-hmm. and it hasn't failed yet. At least about every other year, I will get a letter from a kid saying, "Thank you, Mr. Parham, you saved my life." Whoa! And um, you know, you read the letter a little bit more, and it goes. You know, kids make fun at me because uh, oh. I, I don't look like they do and I don't talk like they do. and You know, it's just, I, 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 I'm i just sick of it. I'm, yeah. I, I want to kill myself.
1: has nothing to do with being a burn victim. N- nothing no, at all. It's their deal.
2: But I think where it comes from is because mm-hmm. I'm so honest with them. Yeah. They feel that they can tell me anything. And over the course of the years since I've, Done that. I, I probably got, ten letters where kids said I saved their lives. Um, One of the most interesting letters I ever got was um, from a girl at uh, I believe was I was at Guilford. She said, uh, started out the letter since, Mr. Parham. I used to be scared of guys like you. She said, let me explain. Mm. Not too long ago two big black guys broke into our house and they beat my mother and they robbed us and I was upstairs in a closet hoping that they uh, you know, don't come up there. After it was over with, just was scared of black guys. It's yeah, way of course. It. Yeah. And she said, in one hour, you made me change my way of thinking that all black guys your size, are not bad. She says, I want to thank you for that. Wow.
1: And you would have had no clue.
2: No clue. No. I had one girl that says, um, she's asking me questions, what is it like to die? And right away, I'm thinking that, you know, maybe she was in an accident and was near dead. Yeah. I said, well, I said, it's sort of like what you, you know, hear and see, you know, your, your life flashes in front of you and and stuff like that. I said, were you in an accident or something? She says, no. I said, well, why did you ask that question? Hmm. She says, my mother and father fights all the time. I don't get along with my family and my little brother and this, that, and the other, and I'm thinking about killing myself. Is this in a letter or in the class? No, this was in a classroom. Oh, So I grabbed her and I said, uh, told the teacher I'd be right back, and I walked her straight to the counselor's office. And I said, this girl is crying for help. I don't know why I brung it out of her, but you guys can take it from the, that's <laughs> the right. rest of the way home. You know." Yeah. And honestly, it may be that the only
1: thing that that person needed on a daily basis right. was a hug.
2: Yeah. Maybe.
1: Yeah. I have no idea. A smile would go a long way. You know yeah. what I mean? It's but if the, she had that much going on uh, around yeah. her that's bad, Yeah. just give me a little something. Yeah.
2: You know. Oh, my God. And and. and <laughs> This is the funniest letter I ever got. It's, Mr. Parham, you're the bravest man I know. Because I would never pull off my shirt in front of my classmates. you really? I wanted them to see what my, see what my skin like and how, how it healed and stuff like that. You know, this kid, he's just, man, you're brave. I, I'll never be
1: able to do that. <laughs> and I, I do remember there was a guy. And, I mean, this is really jumping from mm. what we've talked right. about. But there was a guy, I think his name was Joe, in our fifth grade class mm. that was in some kind of an argument as the mm. teacher was out of the class with mm. some other girl. Mm. And, of course, you know, it's, you know, I'm better. Yeah, I'm not going to let you get the best right. of me and blah, blah, blah. And they were at extreme mm. sides of the class. Mm. And he started taking off his clothes. <laughs> wow. Do you remember that? <laughs> I try because he on. was, mm. her name was Wanda, mm. and he mm. was not going to let her get the best of right. him. So he started taking off his clothes. Well, I'll, wow. sho- I'll show <laughs> you. It's like, damn. Yeah. Welcome to fifth grade. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. <laughs> hey, before we wrap it up here, can you tell people about your WLUV experience because you and I sort of came full circle Mm. from knowing each other from 1970 to just recently, and I say recently, like Mm. two years ago, when Joe Salvia WLUV died at the age of 98, Mm. and I had never, or maybe I knew it and just forgot Mm. about it, never realized the WLUV radio connection that you and I had, of course, not at the same Same time. time. Yeah, Mm. yeah.
2: And how did that happen for you? Well, we used to do a program called um, Twilight After Dark. Usually from uh, eight to midnight, we would buy, you know, blocks of time. Mm-hmm. Did you go
1: resell the advertising too?
2: Yeah, we had to sell advertising okay. and stuff right. too. You know. All right. And I was a quote unquote executive
1: salesman. Because <laughs> you're the personality <laughs> yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. You know, I, yeah.
2: Yeah. Bullshit, we'll i get you a long way in life. <laughs> but anyway, we, um, we, we, we had that going. And um, I, th- I think the Metro Center was just starting to open. It was. And Doug Logan was the, uh, the general manager. Mm-hmm. He put us with, uh, and I, I think they're out of business now, he, he connected us with Jam Production. and um, Jam was um, the floor in between
1: Paul Harvey and WLS hmm. Radio in the in stone Ch- container in building Chicago. in yeah. Chicago. Right. So you were yeah. <laughs> you were sort of walking in tall cotton yeah. right there. Yeah.
2: So uh, he, he puts us in contact. He said, "You guys ought to go and you know you gotta go and see this guy. I think he can help you out with advertising and then you know tickets giveaway and stuff like that." Right. So I, I went there and I seen him and had a great relationship. And um, <laughs> we brought uh, you know different artists you know in the town with. Mm-hmm. With jam and they were sponsored by a radio station. We brought um, Rick James here. You did not.
1: Yeah. Oh, you freakazoid! You. Oh God, let me tell you,
2: <laughs> it was like three o'clock in the afternoon. They had did they sound check and everything. He says, "Where do you guys go shopping? What do you do?" Yeah. So where well, we go to Cherryville Mall? He said, "Well, take take me out there. Take me and a couple guys." So we get out there, and right before it goes in the mall. He pulls out a joint, and he's smoking it, and he's going to walk in the mall, smoking it. Yeah. He, there's no rules. Yes. No. I, I, I said, uh, I said uh, Rick, I, I don't know if that's such a good idea. I mean, uh, this is not L.A. Or, no. Yeah. I said, I think you oh, might get arrested. No. Yeah. For, I, I said, especially in Cherry Valley. Yeah. I said, I don't think you want to do that.
1: Yeah, you're clearly you, you're not get, from around yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, apparently. So, uh. <laughs>
2: You know, but, uh, yeah, we brought, man, Teddy Pendergrass. Did uh, you really? Um, oh, he was smooth. The the Bar K's cameo wasn't a big audience. I think it might have been a maybe maybe about a 1,000 people, maybe 1,500. Okay. And they said, they came on the stage and they, you know, looked all, there's not many people here. He says, but we're not one of these groups. If the marina is not full, we do two or three songs and leave. Oh. He said, we know you guys paid hard-earned money for your tickets. Man, let me tell you, they put on a two-hour show. Oh, nice. Out of this world. Wow. Out of this world. You know, and uh, I, I, I call that, those are real artists, no yeah. matter what the situation. That is. You know they—they're they're, going to give you their and,
1: best, and they're going to give you the same show whether there's a scout sitting in the audience right. or a record label person mm-hmm. sitting in the audience or not either. Right? Yeah, right. they're not going to—they're not going to bump it up just because yeah. of them. Yeah. Wow. So, well, I'll tell yeah. you what—if you ever want to go to a show that is like Earth, Wind, and Fire, mm-hmm. or say so, <laughs> you give me a ring because I—I will drive your ass to that theater. You know, a few years <laughs>
2: ago. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Chicago was on the same ticket.
1: The horns in that evening. Wow. Are you kidding me? unbelievable. I've seen Chicago a couple of times. I think there's three or four guys from the original. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And they still kick it out. I saw them at the Coronado Theater not too awful long ago. Uh, But I have not seen Earth, Wind, and Fire. I saw them on some kind of an Mm award show. Were they doing a tribute thing? Or maybe Mm -hmm. it was American Idol or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, was it Bailey? What's his first name? Chris ba- uh, Phillip
2: Bailey? Philip Bailey. Philip Bailey, yeah.
1: He's still got the uh, pipes. Boys, yeah. Yeah, he still does a good job. And,
2: you know, I, before we wrap up, I always ask this question to people who go to concerts Do you remember the first concert you went to?
1: Well, that's a loaded question for me because I can't differentiate the first concert that I went to versus the concert that I was assigned to go to to okay. announce mm-hmm. because of being in the radio business. Right. So I want to say it was the Doobie Brothers, oh, okay. but then there's a part of me that huh? says it was Barry Manilow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's yeah. your extremes right there. Well, <laughs> the,
2: the first concert I went to, this is, this is going to floor you, maybe not for people who are my age. might not remember this, but the Rockford Armory, Oh, yeah. You say have concerts there. Yeah, right next to the Sears. Sears,
1: yeah. Yeah, which is now the Discovery, Discovery Center. Discovery Center,
2: yeah. So, and it was Kansas and uh, Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Oh, wow. And believe it or not, the tickets were $10.50. <laughs> It, 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 it takes ten dollars and fifty cents to get on their site now. You know, but <laughs> it you does. Know, but wow. <laughs> but that was. A, I think that was nineteen seventy five. I want to say it
1: was. Did you ever go to any of the concerts like out the Rockford Speedway and? No, no I never. Like I, I never did those. We were. Yeah. We were mainly like um, Alpine Valley Music mm-hmm. Theater. We were Poplar Creek Music right. Theater. That's where we usually yeah. went to go see shows outside of the Metro mm-hmm. Center and outside of the Coronado.
2: You yeah, See, I'm. I'm not. Well, especially now since my accident, I I don't like, I don't like out, to be outdoors too long, mm. especially daytime, yeah. you know, sun beaming down on I me. Mean, I just you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I just prefer um, uh, indoor. Uh, yeah, that indoor way it's to, a little yeah. bit more but predictable for, yeah. to you.
1: You know, I mm. I love going to concerts. Yeah. I really do mm. l- love the. Uh, it doesn't matter whether right. they've been playing for 40 Four years, years. Yeah. or whether they're a brand new group. Does mm. not matter. It is a stick in my ass when people have their phones on the mm-hmm. brightest of their screen so we, mm-hmm. and they're videotaping or right. they're doing a photo mm-hmm. and it's like a car headlights mm-hmm. shining right. to everybody behind I them. Mean, yeah. They don't get it or they don't care mm-hmm. or they, I, something overrides. It's like, just
2: enjoy the experience right. and be done with it. And, and people can't. Yeah. That's like, now I'm trying to, Trying to work my magic. Uh, February third, the uh, Pfizer Arena in Chicago, where the Milwaukee Bucks play. Yeah. Uh, Keith Sweat, Pretty Ricky, and WSV Sisters with Voices.
1: Come on! I don't yeah.
2: recognize those names. Keith Sweat. Uh, let's see, uh, there's a right and a wrong way to love somebody. Wow. SWV. I get so weak in the knees. You've um, given me homework. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to go look this stuff up. And, and, and Pretty Ricky is all, they're all out there out there.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, Willie Parham, thank you so much for joining
2: us. Thank you We me.
1: have uh, We have gone away, ways, yeah. but that's the way we always do. Oh, yeah. You it can, doesn't yeah. matter. We shut the bars down. down.
2: Yeah, you can talk for hours, man. Yeah. It's just, you know, I always say that uh, if it wasn't for memories, life wouldn't be worth living. No. Because sooner or later, You will lose somebody you love, but you have the memories of the things that you did or done over the years. All the time. All the time. Willie? Thanks for having me, Tim.
1: Yeah, man, we'll get together for a drink really soon with uh, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
2: (laughs) okay. so Jeff, David Carroll, Danny Green, and we have to listen to the same stories about baseball. Yeah, that who doesn't strike me out? It never fails. I know. Uh, It'd be the end of the night. You remember when I struck out? Oh, oh, here we go. Here
3: we go.
0: (laughs) Thank you for joining us in the Storyteller Studio with Tim Larson and Liz Wilder, where everything begins with a story.